Dunkin' Refreshers are the perfect way to get a little more out of your day. With more tropical flavors like new mango pineapple and more ways to get glowing. Available with green tea, coconut milk, or lemonade. You've got what you need to make the most out of every moment. Even the ones spent stuck in traffic. <sighs> what a beautiful day. Sip into all your favorite Dunkin' Refreshers like new mango pineapple. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Additional charges may apply. Hello there from the slightly below temperature Florida Keys right now. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. We are live. It's episode 351. I said something about tchotchkes or anything like that, but uh, right now we are dealing with as much as a cold snap as the Florida Keys gets. I think a couple times it's gotten near freezing down here. Historically, it's not, but... um, the Florida Keys aren't a place you imagine to see people in parkas and hats. But when a cold front moves in the Keys, you got several tiers. Like, it's very unusual for it to stay for a significant amount of time under 70 degrees as a high in the day. But we have that uh, the last couple days. And you see people put on long sleeve shirts. They're still wearing shorts and sandals and stuff like that. When it goes below 60, you start seeing long pants and they start putting on socks, even with the sandals, which kind of creepy, right? Fucking look like a weirdo. Parkas, we see sweaters, hats uh, at night, or you'll hear things falling out of trees. Sometimes it's coconuts, sometimes it's iguanas that go dormant. The shrimp in the uh, start running south. When I say run, they start moving south. It's something, I guess, instinctual that shrimps do. So along the canals that cut across, especially here or any waterways in between the islands, the shrimp will be heading, will instinctually start heading south to warmer waters, which I don't know how far shrimp run to make that difference. You know, it should, would take days and days for them to get to warmer waters. But um, I guess the shallow waters get colder i need that i've talking i've talking i've spoken to marine biologists i just need to find out i think it's uh, something to do with the shallower bay waters uh getting cooler and the deeper waters staying more consistently warm but i know a lot of the locals the ones that have gone out for shrimp before they get their shrimp nets and stuff like that and they get to there's this one place right around mile marker 103 called Adam's Cut. And it's cut right through the middle of Key Largo, right through the, it's pretty cool. If you get a chance to come down here, Adam's Cut, you could, you get a look at the coral, what the coral looks like and uh, the, the, the substrata of the keys, but it was cut by, I guess back in the fifties, maybe, maybe earlier. And uh, actually, I may have been an illegal cut, but what happens is uh, the locals are woefully unprepared for cooler weather. A lot of the places don't even have heaters in their houses, these conch houses. And uh, when it 
dips into like last night, it went, I guess maybe in the upper forties, gets in the mid forties. So really people start feeling it. Um, the other day we were loading our 14 year old daughter on a bus and it was one of those big touring buses. And, uh, there's a small group of her classmates are heading to North Florida for a camping trip and they're practicing all the safe distancing things and uh, it's called uh, I forget what it's called but it's something where they do all these activities team building exercises and stuff it's through the school and it's 5.30 in the morning quarter or 6 in the morning it's dark and this guy and I guess he's a homeless guy he rides up on his bike and he puts a kickstand down right behind the bus and it's one of those tour buses and it has all the vents or these big vents going all along the back and he's just standing there getting warm he's got a jacket on a hat i guess he was sleeping out in the woods and yeah he was there and he you know when they uh, were getting ready to move i guess he had to wear with all them we would have said something to him but he he moved his bike but he was just standing there breathing in the fumes just to get some heat and we see it in the bars down here because the Keys have a plethora of these tiki bars and they're on the water or canals and things like that. People like to eat there. And the th- thing is, when, when it gets starts getting cool at night, the locals, well, they, they, they won't. They don't see the charm in sitting outside when it's cool. They're just not acclimated to it. And they'll be inside. So our restaurant, which is all fruit one, it doesn't have a water view, seems to get a push. Even without the tourists, we would get everyone that normally would be go sitting outside, sitting by the water, eating or sitting at a tiki bar. They'll come inside and we got crowded. And Monday night, when I last worked, there were two Monday night games. One started at five and another, the one immediately following it. And it was interesting because of the, you see these people start coming. We had a couple tourists uh, from Miami and further away, from some from the Midwest. But not a, not a whole bunch. But then, where are they going to go? I mean, they can go and sit on the water. There's no really, they they can handle the, the cold weather out there. But what happens when a cold front moves in? It usually gets kind of rough out on the water and things like that. So they're stuck. And there's not a lot of, it, that's unfortunately when it's cool like this in the Florida Keys, unless I get someone from the um, Tourist Council, the TDC, Tourism Development Council, they, you know, the things, there's, it becomes, the sites and the things to do in the Keys narrow down when it gets colder. And we we see that a lot and then we'll we get a plethora we get all those people and one of the the early games on monday that insult to injury wasn't available on all the cable carriers locally one of the few to carry it was direct tv and we happen to have direct tv not every place had direct tv and the first game wasn't available at people in people's homes and things like that and they were scurrying trying to get the package to get to see this uh, the the Steelers Washington game I think it was, where Washington won, but that we're not a sports show, but it was an amazing game, 
if you're not a Pittsburgh fan. Uh, down here in Miami, you were a lot of, well, south of Miami, in the Keys, where people are Miami fans. Whenever a team that is undefeated this late in the season loses, there is a huge sigh of uh, relief. So it preserves the records of the Miami Dolphins uh, uh, you know, undefeated season. So, yeah, just, I know it's kind of – I'm sorry for you Pittsburgh fans, but you were hoping for an undefeated season. It didn't happen. So, yeah, it is like uh, when the, the weather down here, when it gets cool, people behave as it, it's never been cool here before. And you go outside, you see the sunlight, you see the little breeze and all that stuff, and you go outside and you get hit by People aren't acclimated for it. I don't know what the technical or medical reasons for it. Your skin, your blood isn't thick enough, your your circulation isn't adapted, but people aren't able to handle, handle it. I know after a day or two, I start falling back into the thing where I'm used to, the, the colder weather. And uh, it is not unusual down here. I mean, if it did snow, if snow laid on the ground, then we can point out and say this is unusual weather. This is not unusual weather. We get this all the time. So, we are in the midst of the Christmas season, and we're in uh, Key Largo. We mentioned the last time that their uh, retail stores are are not doing very good. Uh, here in Key Largo, the big store for non-grocery items was Kmart. And if you're a listener in the United States, you'll you'll probably be familiar with the plate plight of uh, Kmart. They were bought out by Sears recently, and uh, recently, the last couple of years. And one of the few stores still around. There's not a lot of Kmart stores, but there is one Kmart left in Key Largo, and it was size of whatever traditional size. It wasn't a Super K. It wasn't a Big K. It was just a regular Kmart, but. If you recall, we Kmart just until like five, six years ago. You go into it. You had a garden apartment. Uh, right after Halloween, all the Christmas shit would go out, and you'd have a couple aisles worth of Christmas shit, and then you'd have uh, your 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 automotive and your tools and your electronics section. Well, starting a couple of years ago. It all started, you know, shrinking. I think what's happening is their Kmart is reducing whatever stockpiles they have left. It just slowly, it's it's like watching someone die from starvation. And I told the story a couple months ago, I think in the beginning of pandemic or right before, yeah, beginning of pandemic, I'm wearing a mask. I go to the Kmart to look for things. See, if you're trying to find something that you can't find in a grocery store, you go to Kmart, right? And uh, I walked in a store, and there were there was a woman. I get, imagine she was a a manager. She must have just taken over, but she ha- she has all the employees around her, and she's giving a speech on her theory of customer service on how it's important to take care of the customer, how important it, you know, she wants us to, she wants them to shine, even though 
I can imagine the speech he gave, like, you know, it's getting smaller. You know, there's not a lot of storage. You know, that's horrible. You know, we got to, you know, we have to think of the customer, blah, 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 blah. You know, I heard customer, customer service. Just in the, in a minute or two while I was waiting to come through the door because it was just opening. And then as I walked by, because it was, they were having a meeting right in front of the entrances or right on the other side of the entrance, I heard. And they came over, locked the door. And as I, w- I walked in, they locked the door. didn't even really look at me. And I walked past 10 people and no one said hello. Yeah, right in the midst of the customer service speech. And I thought, wow, they would have made a really big impression with the manager. And the manager themselves, you figure they'd make a really big impression if she just walked over and greeted me. But they didn't. I just went around looking for the shit in the slowly contracting Kmart. So what they did is there's less aisles and they're closing sections off. They they used to have uh, just their hardware sections got to half a row. If you go to just their lighting department, it's like 15 feet of space. And the probably to put it in really perspective, if you're looking for Christmas decorations, there was about 25 feet of one shelving that was Christmas decorations. And that, that was it. So they were kind of like, when you see them still open, it's kind of like, yeah, we're open, but we're, they should say Kmart. Uh, yeah, we're open. We may or may not have the shit you need. And most likely, if we don't, we're not going to tell you. And God forbid if you try to ask somebody if something is here. So, you know, you're not going to find it. You're going to find socks and underwear. You, maybe. Maybe. Uh, some pots and pans, a couple sheets, some tin foil, soda. Not too many different sodas, though. I'm not a soda person, but I just walked by to see what their selection was. And it looks like they're just getting stuff out of the warehouse right now. I had one time, it was eight years ago, nine years ago, I was getting a bike for my daughter. It was a, you know, was getting a one with, it was non-training wheel bike. When she was six years old, get her a nice bike. And I ordered it, and I was, I was saying, well, I didn't want to keep it in the house, so I paid for it, put it in a layaway. I said, listen, can I pay for it? And they said, yeah, yeah, and so I did it. And uh, the uh, a week and a half before, I went to pick it up. And I know, a week and a half before, but I figured I could I was going to leave it in the in the back of my car and not take my daughter in that car that day. And they said, oh, they, they didn't have it. And I said, well, you know, the layaway is, is supposed to ensure that you have it. That's the reason why we would pay for it. You'd, it was a, a promotional item for us so we could buy things and not have them sit around the house. And for you, it was that you could get paid for, you know, what kind of stock you would need. So you not having the bike, meaning either someone stole it or you sold it to someone else, you'd not fulfill your end of the bargain. So I asked for their the money back. And said, so, oh, we can get the bike for you. I said, it's a week and a half from now. I'm going to the mainland to get a bike. And that's what I did. I got my money back and I went up 
to wherever place to go and get get the bike that I needed. But yes, it's like Kmart in in Key Largo was like the bad girlfriend or the bad boyfriend. Meaning, you 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 love them and you keep on giving them the second chance. You you're getting pissed off and you just run away. You say, oh, the fucking girl went out with her friends and she went to a. Uh, she, she had her phone off and she stayed someplace else and could have been with another guy and stuff, but you let her come back in to your life. If it was a guy, the same thing, you know, he had some pictures of a girl on his phone and, uh, he's, and you, you're thinking, ah, oh, the f- motherfucker. Yeah. And then eventually you go back to him and you keep going back and forth because they're the only ones in town. The only ones you really attracted to. Well, here's the Kmart. It's as if there was only one available partner in town for you. And you have to go in there. And you know it's going to be bad when you go in there. You know that no one's going to talk to you. Uh, There might be a spill in the middle of the aisle. And, you know, if you told someone there was something broken and stuff like that, they may or may not clean it up. Uh, it was very sad when you go to the electronics department. Eventually, when they were first started closing down, you see like one or two TVs and they're trying to sell their TVs and realizing full well, if you bought something in a box, it may not may or may not work. So hanging on a wall without it on, why the fuck would you buy anything like that? And they, I think they might still be selling a couple bikes there. They don't have any. They used to sell fishing equipment. They don't have much of that left over if at all, in outdoor equipment. So, that's it. So, we're in the Keys. Now we have, you know, they want you to shop locally. And the local shops that are available down here are mainly tourist places. So, you have a a place called the Sandal Factory. A friend of mine runs one up here at 102 on Route 1, if you ever have a chance. It's right next to the Sandal Factory. It's called... Randy's Gifts, and they sell a bunch of items. You know, they sell tropical jewelry, Keys-themed um, places. There's a big place down at Mile Marker, I'm going to say 98, and it's called Shell World, and it's a whole bunch of tropical stuff. It's like a department store. I don't know how they keep it going, They, but they, they must do a, a lion's share of their sales Christmas week because they have tropical soaps and seashell this and all different themed stuff. Even the jewelry is tropical themed. And whenever I see that stuff, I get, I try to get things that people can use because I have a, um, a real problem with tchotchkes. And that goes back for years, for years. My, uh, I have experience. I used to be a c- kind of guy to put things in a shoebox as a kid. You know, little little soldiers, coins, matchboxes. And I never got to really collecting a lot of things. I had some comic books, but I didn't collect. I collected them to read. And I, I had friends that did those things, but I also had my grandmother's, and I had my maternal grandmother, she would collect spoons, and they make these little spoons wherever you go in the United States. I I didn't, um, 
I didn't know this was that unusual, but they have these, if you go to San Antonio or the Alamo, there's a spoon that commemorates the Alamo. Niagara Falls, there's a spoon. There's a spoon for Florida, Orlando, NASA. Yeah, there's a little tiny, it looks like a, a baby spoon. And they put them on display cases and they collect these spoons. And this is where they're from. And people have bottle caps, bottles, all different shit, whatever. Uh, my fraternal grandmother collected Hummels. And a Hummel was a figurine, a ceramic figurine. And they always depicted these cherubic, fat-faced children from, it looks like from the early 1900s, late 1800s, German-themed, which I imagine there was a bunch of Nazis that still had these Hummels too. And it was designed by a nun. I guess it's pre-World War II they started out. And she had all these figurines. And they make these, I guess... They weren't made by the lady. They were made by casting, and they numbered them. So there was only a certain many amount made. And my grandmother had like 40 of them. And they came, ranged from the size of a, I guess, I was going to say a small figurine. But five, you know, three to five inches two inches across, depicting a scene. It could be a little kid as a mail carrier, a little kid on a bike, a little kid on a horse, or whatever. And then they had a more ornate ones, bigger ones that were maybe uh, uh, 12 inches across, and they were more like a kid on a stagecoach and stuff, wearing you know, slight Germanic, lower middle class clothes. And they col- they collected them, and they put them in, they have these depl- you know, you've seen his display cases. You've seen it in Joe Dirt, where Joe Dirt's mother was collecting these clowns, right? Clown figurines. Well, they just were, you know, shelf glass shelves and stuff like that. You put these things on, you put them around so people can look at them. Yadros, I guess, Yadros sculptures are ceramic sculptures, a little more, uh, less kitschy than the Hummels, but kitschy. Chotsky, they are. So all sorts of shit. People collect clocks. The clocks, the little clocks in the glass. Everything. Just collectible. Now think about it. Now, on the spectrum, the spectrum, you have right in the middle where people are. Most people are right in the middle. And whenever you see a Venn diagram, everything happens all most of the stuff happens in the beginning. There's, I'm on the far right of that spectrum where I don't like collecting things. If it's part of a set, then forget it. I think years ago, I was going to McDonald's and they were giving out peanuts glasses. And I collected them for some reason. One time I did it. And then I saw the error of my ways. But I had them. I used to put them. My grandmother had this nice kitchen cabinet with display cases and I kept them there. One day I came in I saw my niece drinking out of it and she goes, well, she wanted something to drink. She wanted to drink a peanut glass. I'm like, what the hell? What am I going to do with these glasses? I'm going to save them and start moving around and eventually, you know, I, I, I maybe saw a vision of uh, the future that would be me. Now, 
yeah, I became an alcoholic. Well, I'm not drinking anymore, obviously. It's all going on one year. But, oh, yeah, it's going to be about in a little over a week. It's going to be one year I haven't had a drink. Side note. But the, the one thing I saw in the future, did I want to be the collector? Do I want to collect stuff? And then I made a, I made a point. I stopped collecting things. I don't think I had – I didn't want to become – I knew one thing. I knew one thing. I wasn't going to become a collector. And then from that point on, I realized when I looked at stuff, like the one thing I do collect, I don't get rid of ornaments. The ornaments we save because I have my daughter's ornaments, my stepdaughter's ornaments here. Uh, my daughter is my stepdaughter. Um, I have her ornaments. I have these other ones. I'll collect those. There's something you always bring out every year, and they, they decorate your tree. It's a beautiful tree, actually. I, I should should post a picture of it. But I always had this idea that if we had to, because we live where we live right now, in the Keys, especially in the, the height of the hurricane season, there was there's times when we, we we've only had. Uh, I personally and my my wife and uh, I and daughter, we've only had to evacuate once. That was Irma three years ago. And we had to take the things that were most important to us. So I told Abby to take her, you know, jewelry, our passports, birth certificates, shot records for this guy. You know, we bring the dog and, you know, the most important things you cannot do without. You cannot do without. And imagine if you had a hundred thousand dollar. I don't even think you can get. I don't know if you can get up to that Yadro collection. And you're going to have to leave it to this place. You know, not even if it's destroyed, but if they're. I mean, I don't know if someone was going to loot the place or they're going to they're going to take your Yadro sculptures. My grandmother's Hummels when she eventually passed away in two thousand. I think it was 2002. Uh, she, uh, oh, 2003. They, they dispersed the Hummel figurines. I didn't take any. Not that I didn't want to think. I remember my grandmother very well. I don't need an object to remember my grandmother. I got pictures of her and things like that. I know people always say they got these family heir, heirlooms. And we talked about this prior that. Do you own your possessions or do your possessions own you? So I didn't want to become that person. So when I got, when I, when I had to go for that Irma, I had my passport. I had a small box of things given to me, like a shoe box worth of things, even smaller that are really important to me. You have your electronics that would store right now, your electronics, you have memory sticks. You can probably put all your legal documents on and everything. Uh, so you you really don't have to deal with that. But I'm not poo-pooing the idea that you're a collector and that's bad. No, that's your prerogative to be a collector. Collect all the shit you want. Collect all the shit you want. And yes, there's some value to it. So I understand. I have a, a stepbrother who... Um, Likes comic books. And 
there, there were, I'm sure they're worth tons of money. I'm sure there's tons of money, but you got to keep, you know, you got to keep an eye on those things when you have those kind of assets, when you start investing in them. So I'm not poo-pooing the idea. I mean, some people did, but don't presume that someone else who doesn't expressed, you know, if they say, oh, I'd like your Hummels, they, I would like to, it's not the same as saying, I'd like to collect Hummels. Or I collect beer bottles from around the world. No, no, they, I don't. I brought, you know, when people go traveling, the tchotchke thing at the airport, that's the thing. You know when you're going to bring someone? Bring them a bottle of liquor. Bring them some coffee. Coffee's great. Even, you know what? If they, if you notice they never had any coffee, get them a nice coffee mug or a drink thing. But something they can use. But once you got something, you got to hang on the wall. You've kind of obligated that person and say, listen, I went to the trouble of buying this shit for you. Now you have to do something. You know, next time I come to see you, I want to see this on your wall or on your cabinet, on your buffet table. So, you know, you've seen, so you have that spectrum. You have the people in the middle that say, well, I got this stuff from anybody and put it up. That's it. That's it. That's the people in the middle. And then you got to start going a little more to the left and you got people that start collecting things. Collect one thing. Hummels. Maybe collect two things. Go a little further. And then all the way on the left side, you got the hoarders. And that's the TV show. That's when you go and find, oh, uh, I had six cats at one time. How many cats do you have now? Two. Where's the other four? I don't know. Well, I smell something dead back there. So you have piles of newspapers and and magazines, a magazine, a, a good housekeeping magazine from 1974, uh, the Cincinnati, a paper from Cincinnati from 1983 with no significance, but it's just with another pile of other newspapers. Uh, just, yeah, yes, and it's some significance if you think when it gets to hoarding, when they go further on that spectrum, Every item in their life becomes significant. That it has something, a poignant value to them for some reason that they can't get rid of. And if, if they're still, I don't even know if they show it because such a, it, it gets really grotesque to show and it's a shame. I feel bad for them because a lot of times people just have a hard time of letting go of things and it's a harbinger of deeper psychological problems. But you just don't go down that road if you don't want to be there, if you don't want to be on that episode of Hoarder someday where you have to get rid of everything. And then you got to judge, well, keep that, get rid of that. You know? If you can't say, well, listen, everything I, I when I was separated and eventually divorced in 2007, everything I wanted. Now I had suits and coats and all these other things I didn't take. And I, I, in storage, I had things that we got a gift for marriage. We were married almost seven years, but, um, those items stayed in storage. Eventually they were distributed. I don't know. The ex-wife has them. And then some of the items were sent back. If they were my family items, they were given to my family members up North, but I didn't, I didn't want any of those. 
I did, I, I was finally, I never really, I started, to, it was a transformation. I really didn't want the grandfather clock that my grandfather built. It wasn't, I wasn't just my grandfather, but moving, I don't think it was, uh, remembering the grandfather clock or remembering the TV he made or remembering this, the stereo that he made is a lot better than trying to keep it and preserve it. Eventually, it's going to go by the wayside. I'm not like the Windsors where they keep all the family heirlooms for hundreds of years in the castle. Pictures after pictures after pictures. Now think of all the pictures people have. Now you can store one, all your pictures, albums and albums, hundreds of albums on one uh, single terabyte stick. You scan them all in and there they are. People say, well, Jim, you can wipe that off real easy. Yeah, you can burn the pictures too. So nothing's really permanent, but you, you, there are other means for doing it. If you want to take care of those things, you don't have to have everything. You Like the, the days I told you when I lived in the loft, in the loft my roommate had, uh, it was eight huge bookcases. And they were filled with books and knickknacks. Nowadays, you can have all your literature on the cloud and you can still have tons of books downloaded on your devices. You don't have to carry it around. You don't have to dust the books. I know there's collector editions and stuff like that. There's some, you know, this is a signed first edition of Anne Rice Vampire Lestat. Gives a shit. Sometimes you just got to say, let it go. And you just want to walk around with one duffel bag. So don't guilt me into keeping your shit around. And that's the thing about when you buy things down here at the gift stores. A lot of them are tchotchkes. But then again, there's other things they can use. So if you're into keys, they got, uh, here's some keys. There's key lime pie. You don't want to collect that too long. You know, key lime pie. It's hard to ship, but, you know, they ship, they ship fish too. Fish is a little tougher. You know, you got to make sure that's kept, you know, you got to get it and then you got to really pretty much cook it and, you know, pack it in dry ice. Uh, Key West cigars. They roll cigars down there. They're supposedly made with Cuban, you know, leaf that was uh, I guess descended from Cuban leaf. Uh, Local shells. Be careful you know, the conch shells, because there are conch shells, see conch shells all over the place and stuff like that. But it's illegal to take a conch in the waters around here. It's a big find. Um, you can get artisan jewelry, jewelry made from like fishing line, from crab <coughs> traps, handmade sandal <coughs> sandals. That's nice. A uh, fishing gear from there. They got lovely, like the jewelry you can get, this guy makes, you see hook jewelry. It's not made from fishing hooks. It's made from the jewelry made to look like hooks. Uh, guy, and also, I've seen it where it's made from wood and steel and nice fishing gear, blown glass, which I haven't seen a lot down here. And I guess it's a very specific thing. There's beer. There's breweries down here. Um, the Florida Keys Brewery, to name one. So that's always nice to get that. So, but you can also get 
and I hate to say this, and I have people, friends that listen, that make, they make these hotkeys. There's a woman that comes in, and she makes beautiful coconuts that are painted. It's, there was one hanging over the bar, and it's a mahi. Now, it works great for the restaurant because it's themed for the restaurant, and it serves a purpose. And if you like that stuff, that's something they get down here. They paint them. They can make one that looks like a pirate or anything like that. But that's yours. But to be careful not to buy something like that for me. Because it's not something I really, you know, like bottle caps or a, a T-shirts. T-shirts are nice. You get someone a T-shirt they can wear. Uh, as long as it's not too, you know, you got to be careful. You want to get too obnoxious for them. But it depends on what the person is going to wear. Clothing is a really good thing. Jewelry, if they're going to use the jewelry. You know, if you're going to get that light up mahi necklace, you may want to consider the person you're getting it for. Because if they're, you know, they're and they're not going to wear it to the opera. And they're not going to wear that. They're not going to, they're not going to hang that mahi coconut next to their limited edition Jackson Pollock print just doesn't happen so yep it's tchotchke collections if you want to you know what right now if you're going to get someone a tchotchke get them a Christmas decoration they can hang on their tree there you go if they have a tree you know you're lucky you buy one a Christmas decoration you go but I'm Jewish I don't do a tree you say well hang it on your menorah god damn it the thought that counts Oh, I just got an email. Okay, to finish things up, and we're almost at the end. Uh, and tomorrow we're going to have, at 12 o'clock, we're going to have a live show with Papa Joe. But I got an email from one of my podcasting sites. And it informed me that, good news, you're ranked 120 in comedy podcast in Japan. And I go, what, right behind Hiroshi's Hello Kitty talk? How am I going to pander that? You know, that's why I put in the notes. I go, Where am I, when am I going to start seeing my sushi money? And how big are comedy podcasts in Japan? Is there only Are there only 121 comedy podcasts? I doubt not. Because remember, I, I a couple of years ago, I did talk about the number of podcasts. There are... Over a million of them. And when it comes, it's listening comedy. I am in, I think in the United States, I am in the top 100. I still need to break into the rarefied area in the top 25. I know, Jim, you're not that fucking funny. Well, you know what? Fuck you. You do 351 episodes. You know, you got to keep on doing it. That's consistency. And someday... I vow to make this the NC-17 Prairie Home Companion of podcast without all the fucking fiddle playing and uh, uh, harmonica music. I mean, if it's appropriate, I may, may have fiddle playing, harmonica, ban- banjo music when appropriate. But I want this to be that kind of variety show because I like telling stories. It won't be about Lake Wobegon. It'd be about the Florida Keys, because that's where I live. Until that, 
And the nice thing, I don't have to do all those. I don't have to do the Minnesota accent. Not, not there. there's anything wrong with the Minnesota accent. Fortunately, down here in the Florida Keys, people come from all over. So there's all different accents. So I, I, there is a Minnesota accent. There's a Wisconsin accent. There's a, a Miami accent, which is almost no accent at all, unless they're really old Miami. And then you got a slight southern, southern one, but they still sound like they're from, like, some rural New Jersey accent. To this day, if you find an older white person from Miami, you'll have no fucking idea if they don't tell you where they're from. You're going to take forever, except, you know, saying, well, they do have a deep tan, but, you know, you can't tell them, oh, where'd you grow up? Right here. You see people come in all the time. I have no idea. I don't hear an accent. This guy from Philly. I'm from Philly. I know. You hear it. You hear it. I have a problem with certain words. But I cannot detect a Miami accent. I'm not talking about a Cuban accent. Miami. Somebody... Their native tongue, their their home language is English. Now, there's nothing wrong to having being bilingual and speaking English and Spanish and all that. But and that was funny. Uh, just the other day, I found this really uh, this nice couple came in. Chris was from Romania. Chris Christopher, I guess his name was, and uh, had uh, I guess he's been here for a little while. Still has a strong Romanian accent, but he also is clearly fluent in English. A well-traveled guy. Um, and uh, he has no problem, well, obviously, communicating. But that's what Miami, it's an international city. You see a lot, little Spanish influence, a whole lot of, I, people say a lot of Spanish influence. Yes, it does. But, you know, if you take it way out view of it, you know, thousand foot view, it's still mainly an English town. People say you can go into parts of Miami. Yes, they only speak English, They only speak Spanish. Yes, but overall, you're going to find a lot of people that speak English. Most of the citizens speak English. Not all the citizens speak Spanish. So we're 120 in Japan. Who knows? After today, we may end up being 119 or 118. If I had my druthers, not that I'm going to make a lot of money from that. I mean, if I do, that'd be great. I would like to teach Japanese uh, English as a second language for there. Maybe we could do we could do our lessons. Like this is how this is when you go to a store. I'd like to I'd like to order one of your local beers. Local beers, not the beer that says Key West, but the beer that is brewed down here. See, that's what you got to be careful about when you come down to Keys. But. I'll leave that there. I'd like to thank you for listening. I'd like to ask you to follow us on Facebook. That's Keys Bartender on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. And if you have any questions or any observations you'd like to say, if you have any differences of opinion, I'm happy to handle that too. You can get uh, to it. You can go to um, send your emails to jim at keysbartender.com. If you have a question for Papa Joe or Steve, the neighbor, I haven't had a show with him lately. I know they've been um, they've been hunkering down uh, just a half a block away, but you know, people's got to remain safe. You know, I'm a bartender, so 
things are a little different for me. I, uh, I know, I firmly believe that this is real. And then we're serious. But I got to raise my family, so I have to do that. So I got to wear the mask. I got to wash my hands. I got to be careful what happens. I got to, you know, I'm still waiting uh, to, uh, to have that procedure done. I got the 10th day. I got a third doctor. We're going to talk about that on, we're going to talk about that on Thursday. I'm going for my first first appointment on Friday. So I'm going to talk to Papa Joe about it. And I'm going to talk about my thoughts on medical tourism. Since we are near Miami, and that's considered the gateway for the United States to Central and South America. One of the busiest uh, air portals in the world. But uh, I'd like to thank you for listening. Uh, I've, I'd like to thank you for making us whatever uh, we are, you know, being in the top 100. Let's get in the top 50. Share it with your friends. Uh, if you have any ideas, if anybody would like to uh, have anything promoted on the show, you know, just get see me. Um, I'll be happy to see me. You know, you can see me. Or you can email me or call me. Go to the website. The website I have is www.keysbartender.com. We're turning everything back to Keys Bartender. We're not going to mess around with the Florida Keys because if someone's looking for Florida Keys, that's great. If they're looking for a podcast, they'll look for Keys Bartender. Does that make any sense? I don't know. Does anything make any sense nowadays? But right now we're going to sign off with this piece of music here. Take care. <laughs>